You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. As you heard in our readings today, we are going to continue for just this last week, um, into the first week of Advent, for uh, to look at the end times. And then we begin looking at the moment of the Incarnation. We dig, dig into that story beginning next week. Uh, for one more week, we look to the end. Now, as Catholics, we often look back to the very beginning or to the end of time with the hopes of learning something about our own time, of figuring how we are to live. In this time, there are just two fundamental questions that every human being has to ask if we're to do anything worthwhile with our life. Uh, And those questions are, where did I come from? Where am I going? If we don't know the answer to those, we don't know who we are. And so in the church, we often ask those questions. Where do we come from? Where are we going? There is, however, a risk to that, as important as it is. And many of the critics of Christianity have often pointed to one of the things we're prone to do, which is either get sort of stuck in the past or stuck in the future, to yearn for salvation and forget about life. And so that's true. If we look in one particular direction long enough, if we gaze to one place, we become fixed on it, and then our whole existence begins to revolve around that one thing. Not only Christians are prone to this, everyone's sort of prone to this. So everyone, I think, has a disposition to look in one or the other direction. You know, we have, we have the tendency to look forward or the tendency to look backwards. You know, for those of us who have a tendency to look backwards, it can do two different things, and I think they kind of go hand in hand. We look back and we see Eden, the, or how good things were. And then we see sin and its effects on the world and how dark things can get if we're not extremely attentive to what's happening, if they aren't kept in check. But then we look throughout history and we see bright spots. You see the beautiful moments in human history where we seemed to have sort of come alive for a time. And we seem to have addressed these struggles in the most perfect possible ways. And we become deeply interested in those times, and and we try to take all that is good from them and bring it into the present. And that, that's a good tendency. It's it's what we'd call generally a sort of conservative tendency. And I don't mean 2021 conservatives in America. I mean just the conservative tendency is to look to the past, see the good things from it, and try to bring them into the present. Now in the other, the other side of that, you could say, is the tendency of someone to look forward. There's some people who are always looking forward to the future. And this tends to be a sort of more optimistic personality, that the future brings hope that, yes, there's sin and darkness in history, but each day brings a sort of new opportunity. And the next idea might be the idea that solves some of the problems we've been dealing with. It gives us a fresh start. All new ideas are sort of innocent until proven guilty, you could say. And this personality is, 
by definition, a sort of liberal personality. And I'm, again, I'm not speaking of, you know, today, speaking of generally of these ideas. Liberal literally means open to new ideas. Now, at their best, these two personalities balance each other in a beautiful way. We need someone who's properly skeptical of the past and excited about the past. We need someone who's excited about the future and properly skeptical that the future is really going to bring anything new. And so throughout human history, we've all sort of tended in one of these two directions, and maybe throughout our lives, we sort of go back and forth between the two. And so it's a, it's a beautiful balance until both become or tend toward sort of radical versions of themselves. And I think, you know, we're not unique today in, in that tendency. I think whenever there's a difficult time, which I don't know if there's ever not been a difficult time in history, uh, they, we tend more extreme in both directions. And the problem with that is both become utopian in their own way. One looks to that particular time in the past and makes it into a utopia that never really existed. You know, they try to, we, we have a perfect idea of something, of some time, that wasn't actually a real time. Or we look to the future, to the future utopia, uh, and, and something that's never actually going to exist, some sort of heaven on earth built by human hands that could never really exist in reality. And that's a really destructive way of looking in either direction because it makes it impossible to be here and now. And perhaps this is extremely difficult in our time today, or it's happening because, I mean, partly because our social lives have been cut off. Like, have you actually met anyone new in the last year and a half? I, I, well, I guess I, I've gotten to because I'm here now. But the, uh, but it's difficult to meet anyone new so that you're not exposed to new ideas. Uh, partly it's because the algorithms of our social media machine put us in an echo chamber where we only hear what we already believe, you know, taken to its radical extreme. That's actually the case, in case you were wondering. That's what those algorithms do. Perhaps it's the more old school echo chamber of the 24-hour news cycle. I consider that old school. I don't know how old school that is to you. Uh, whatever it is, our natural dispositions are being sort of stretched to their extreme. And that is what is so beautiful about the church. That it can, that sort of echo chamber, that sort of pushed to your extreme of your natural tendency can never happen in the church. You know, G.K. Chesterton wrote this beautiful essay a few years after his conversion to Catholicism, and he mentions two things that I think are really apt for us in this sort of struggle and in this time. He says, the Catholic Church is the only thing that frees someone from the degrading slavery of being a child of their age. So the church frees us from that degrading slavery of being a child of our age. What does that mean? It means that because we're constantly looking back and forward, because we're forced out of whatever our natural tendency is, and we're forced never to think that we're going to build a utopia in this world and never, we never have and we never will. It's not, that's not what the world's going to be. Because that's forced on us and we're constantly challenged, it's not, it's not a comfortable place to be, but it's a beautiful place to be. 
and the church is so big and so slow that most ideas come and go before we even start thinking about them, which is fine because most ideas aren't worth thinking about. So next, Chesterton says that the church is the only place that contains every type of person. And he says, even the respectable person. Which I think is funny. But uh, uh, it's the only place that that contains every type of person. James Joyce said something similar. He just said, the Catholic Church is, here comes everybody. Uh, Every socioeconomic background, every culture. There's no boundary to the church. We're not bound by any border or class. There's Christians in every place. And so that is a difficult place to be because we're always, we're sort of put in the immediate presence of people we would not otherwise see, ever. But that's what we're called to do. It's not, it's not a club of common interest. It's a place where we're all seeking salvation. And I truly do think it might be the only place left in society other than, I guess, maybe your time in school, but even that isn't quite the same, where we actually still have this. So it's a beautiful challenge for us. Mother Church never lets us sort of settle into our comfortable tendencies. We're always going to be stretched away from those. And the goal of this all, of this looking backward and looking forward and never sort of letting ourselves just fall into this tunnel vision that we tend toward is that we can hopefully see what's at work in this very moment. If we actually know where we came from and where we're going, we can live in the moment. And that's the only way to do so. St. Bernard of Clairvaux speaks not of the two comings of Christ, but of the three comings of Christ. He speaks of a third. You know, of course, the first is what we're going to focus in on in these next three weeks, approaching Christmas. The humility of the incarnation. Christ coming in the weakness of human flesh. What a beautiful thing to meditate, and we'll dig into that in a deep way. This, the, the second, which is the final coming, the second judgment, or the last judgment, is Christ coming in his glory. We talk about it in the gospel today. It says, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And the third coming of Christ that Bernard of Clairvaux speaks of is the coming of Christ in this very moment, every single day, that Christ comes in spirit and power all the time, that he hasn't just left us for however long, for two, three thousand years. He's actually coming each day in a particular way in the Mass, in the Holy Eucharist. He comes in his body and blood. And then he comes in spirit and power into our daily lives. In the same spirit and power that he did when he was on this earth, walking on the earth. There's no difference there in power. That's why the church has done great miracles. That's why saints can do miracles that Jesus himself never even did. So Christ is here. He's present and he's powerful. As powerful as he's ever been. So don't let the the past and the nostalgia of it overwhelm you or the future or and the naive hope of it overwhelm you either. Look at both, take what is good and let the let the church and her wisdom bring them into their in this moment for you that we can be here together knowing Christ 
did come, he will come, but he is coming this moment. And knowing that, we can confidently go out and preach the gospel today.